Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. They'll never make a movie about girls like us. And you know why? Because it would be so sad that they'd have to sprinkle Prozac on the popcorn where people would kill themselves. Hello. I'm here with Sarah. And I'm here with Justin. And this is... Romcomcom.com. And this week, we are doing a little movie called Isn't It Romantic? That's right. And I think this is kind of appropriate, Sarah. Do you realize this will be the 50th show that we put out? And we're doing a movie that is parodying to some extent or making a commentary on romantic comedies and all of its tropes. Yeah, that's true. So now we have enough experience to actually dive in to yeah, this movie to the trope factory we couldn't have done this any sooner <laughs> we talked actually about doing it sooner and going and seeing it in theaters and oh my god let me tell you i would have been fucking furious if we went and saw this Why? in a theater Ugh. it's not that i didn't like this movie but going to a theater is an event and going to a theater is not a cheap event yeah i wouldn't have wanted to see this in theater there would have been no reason this feels like a netflix movie that got put in a theater it just hmm. didn't feel like a theater movie to me. Okay. Yeah. And I don't All know. Right. I was a little iffy on it. And here's what really shocked me that I just looked up. Mm-hmm. It got 5.9 on IMDb. Okay. okay. A lot higher than I thought I was going to get there. Mm-hmm. 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Four out of five on something called Common Sense Media. 85 hmm. Google users. Oh, Common but, Sense Media is like what to let your kids see. Oh, okay. Then I don't care about that one. But <laughs> 70% on Rotten Tomatoes? Are yeah. you kidding me? We've seen some that get like 30% that we really enjoy. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. That it's not that this was bad. I, I just don't think it deserves Sounds 70%. Sounds like you don't love it. Well, okay. Also, hour 29 runtime. Mm-hmm. Hour 29 runtime. Yeah. You count you know, intros, you count credits, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That takes us down to like 80 minutes for a movie. And anytime a movie drops to that, you know, low runtime, mm-hmm. I get really nervous about what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And that was my initial thoughts when I popped this on HBO. Oh yeah, this is on HBO right now and yeah. that's free. So if so you're curious it. to see it, yeah, check it out. I mean, Pandemic really, pluses. I mean, if this speaks to you, but before we dive into it, do you want to give a quick, a sure. quick rundown of what this film was? Sure. So, Rebel Wilson, who for some reason I always thought was British, but is actually Australian. Oh, you thought she was British? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Is in New York, is an architect living in a crappy apartment, and everybody runs over her at her office, and her assistant never listens to her, but is still good friends with her. And Adam Devine seems to be the only person who pays any attention to her. But she was told in a flashback at the very beginning by her mother, a la my quote, that she shouldn't ever think of herself as like the star of a rom-com or a movie like that. And so she always has the more like sarcastic love is stupid point of view. And her assistant is the one who's obsessed with rom-coms. And then she starts talking to Adam Devine and they realize they both know a ton about rom-coms and Rebel Wilson thinks it's really stupid. And then she gets mugged in the subway. Somebody is nice to her. And then right as she's like letting her guard down, he tries to steal her purse and she holds on to it. And then he like punches her and then she falls down and ends up in the emergency room. And when she's there, she wakes up and it's like 
Clearly she's in a dream. All the doctors are hot. Everyone's nice to her. She walks out of the emergency room wearing the same outfit that Julia Roberts was wearing in Pretty Woman. There are flowers everywhere. It's like every rom-com trope is in this world that she's now living in. And the guy from her meeting, hot Liam Hemsworth, is now just interested in her and shows up with a limo and takes her out. And she has this huge, amazing apartment. And her next door neighbor, who she always thought was like a womanizing pothead, is this like super effeminate gay guy that she says takes gay culture back a hundred years or something. Then she meets up with Adam Devine, who seems to still be the only normal one. And they run into a woman who's choking and he saves her. That's Priyanka Chopra, who's a famous Bollywood star who's kind of crossed over to America and married Nick Jonas in real life. They immediately like get engaged and Rebel Wilson's trying to figure out why her life is like this and how the hell to get out of this rom-com. And Liam Hemsworth's way too good to be true. And because they're in this rom-com land, she can never swear and she can never have sex with him or at least like it doesn't ever show her having sex with him it always cuts to the next morning which drives her insane they go to this fancy weekend with adam devine and priyanka and it turns out it's a surprise wedding it's like a whole weekend kind of like wedding singer no what the heck is it called kind of like my best friend's wedding And she realizes she needs to break up this wedding. That must be her calling. And her gay best friend is kind of there to guide her. And she spends a lot of time trying to break it up. And then she starts to realize as she does this big grand gesture and breaks into the church that it wasn't him she has to convince to love her. It's herself that she has to convince to love her. And when she realizes that, she leaves the church and starts running down the road and she get into another car accident and ends up back in the emergency room. But this time everything's shitty and back to normal And New York smells like a trash pile again. And her apartment is shitty and her dog looks like crap. And Donnie, her, is it Donnie? Her neighbor is actually still gay, but he's a super pot um, dealer that she never realized. That's why all the girls were over. Cause they live right by a girls high school. And, uh, she finds Adam Devine back at work. She doesn't take crap from anybody. They end up together at the end, but they make clear that she's her lesson to learn was to love yourself. It's not about completing yourself with someone else. I think that was your longest description of a movie you've done yet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this about Rebel Wilson. She's 40. Is she really? I had... No wow. idea. No idea. Maybe she just never goes in the sun because she has really pale skin. Well, she looked. She doesn't look forty. Yeah, she at looks all. amazing. She was born in uh, uh, March second, nineteen eighty, and wow. I started looking up because Pitch Perfect is what got her yep. kind of popular, right? And that's how she met Adam Devine. Too. When I started kind of looking up some of the other people in that, and they're all in their mid to lower thirties, like kind of our age ish. Hmm, yeah. So I don't know. I yeah, mean, all those workaholic her. guys are like our age. Exactly. Oh, those guys are awesome. I think that's actually how she found them. She may have been a workaholic. Really? I, can't uh, I, I, so my buddy, it's funny. You should mention workaholics. Uh, workaholics is listed as something she was on there on the straight go. up jug hose episode as a big money hustle. So it <laughs> I was, love that it was show so much. It's so good that you're going to love this. So my buddy works for a international shipping company, kind of higher up. So they were 
having like higher level executive phone call and a guy comes on and goes, uh, why well, I want to just give everybody the good news. My, my son had his, his child. I am a grandfather. This is mm-hmm. honest to God. What he, he told me, they said mm-hmm. Anders uh, met his new brother, Blake yesterday morning at what? 8 AM. Shut up. And my buddy Larry said, no one on the phone call acknowledged it. He's like, he, he said like, I'm the odd man out in most of these conversations. Did he realize what he was, did the grandfather realize? According to what my buddy oh said, my God. no one, the, the grandfather didn't seem to know the kid, but he, Shut I, up. I saw it was, he said no 100% dead serious the, Anders his kids Blake. named Anders and Blake oh my so God. there you go wow. uh, also, what about Pothead Steve <laughs> well I assume that that's going to be the dog <laughs> or you know or the next kid yeah <laughs> she also did win an award for this a teen choice award for uh, choice comedy movie actress for in- oh no sorry she didn't win it nominated. Mm, nominated nominated so unfortunately well apparently Adam Devine I cannot her. hear that guy's name without thinking the Maroon 5 lead singer first. Adam Levine? <laughs> yes. I think of him even when I hear Devine. Really? Yes. And I love he Adam wishes. Yeah. I mean, Adam Devine wishes. I don't know. I think Adam Levine wishes he could do comedy like that. Does he have comedy chops? He A little bit. Chops. Yeah. That's he a... was in 30 Rock, remember? Oh, he was. He and Sheryl Crow pretended they were, they didn't want to freak Jenna out. Um, um, Alex, Alec Baldwin had brought two heavy hitters in for something and they didn't want to freak Jenna out about bringing in somebody else. So he said, oh, these are my European friends. And Adam Levine goes, please do meet. And it oh, was that's, so great. That's unfair. That's like finding out that John Hamm has chops. Like, I know. John Hamm God. is hysterical. He's so funny. There's a friend in LA went to a bar, goes to a bar with John Hamm frequents mm-hmm. and she's never seen him but he comes there after softball games and she mm. said she would purposely go to that bar a lot during softball season hoping to run into yeah. him but i guess he's really like you approach him he's makes it very not rude but just makes it very clear like this is n- my time yeah like yeah i'm on my time mm-hmm. please go away yeah yeah so i wonder if he wears undies to softball uh, i've heard an interview with him where he got very defensive when <laughs> someone brought up they didn't ask him if he had a monster hog but <laughs> they brought up that people talk about having a yeah. monster hog and he's he just gets like annoyed yeah he's like why is that anybody's business like yeah. why does anyone care like john <laughs> because you don't wear underwear well yeah you're putting it out and there. it's like what the hell like <laughs> Why should one man have so much, Sarah? <laughs> the rest of the world has so precious little. Oh. It's like that quote in Mad Men. Like you what? have you have everything and so much of it. Oh. <laughs> That's true. That's John Hamm and Adam Levine. But Adam Devine. Adam Devine. We love, too. He also has a lot going for him. He does have a lot going for him. I love him. him. Do you think he could be... A Tom Hanks type guy, like coming out of a comedy background and turning it into it, or do you not think he has he like played serious chops? So wild for so long, just like insane, like Jason Manzuka's level insane. I think Zooks could turn it around too, but yes, yeah, He's, I could see Zooks do it more than I could see him do it. Really? I think he just enjoys what he's doing. I don't yeah. know if he really wants to go like Road to Perdition or Philadelphia. Because the, the reason I bring that up, though, is he's Tom Hanks did romantic comedies yeah. kind of 
before and a little during like that kind of more serious Oscar run he had, you know, mm-hmm. like it was almost his transition yeah. into, well, no, cause he did, yeah, splash right from the beginning. So he went from like comedy. Well, he did and Bosom Buddies and then splash and then like a whole string of comedies, yeah. the burbs and big and, um, money pet. And then he got into romantic, more romantic comedies mm. and, but then Philadelphia is right in there. I guess what I'm saying, though, is we look at a lot of actors that start out more goofy. I mean, even Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, McConaughey. And they use romantic comedies kind of as a bridge mm-hmm. to more serious roles. I mean, they can, but it's tough not to get... tough transition. It's like getting friend-zoned. It's tough to get out of there. Man, I've said this before when we talk about like McConaughey. Mm-hmm. If I got a position where I could get a, like a, a niche, a little part of the pie that's mine, mm-hmm. like a, I'd be fine with that. I don't think I'd push more than that. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be really... So I respect really these guys that push yeah. past. Well, they got to have one person give them that chance, you know? Usually it's, I swear, David Fincher is the one who transitions people from comedy to drama. He is known for his amazing casting. Really? And he, like, Carrie Wilson has always been in comedies, and then they he put her in... Gone Girl as the neighbor, as the kind of annoying neighbor mom. Mm-hmm. And she was so good. And I was reading a review about it, and the reviewer was saying, David Fincher is amazing at finding these people who you don't expect to play these roles, and then you can't imagine anybody else playing them. And he's done it a lot. I'm looking through his filmography, and you're right. Like everybody kind of fits. Yeah. Oh, God, in Zodiac. I tried watching Zodiac the <sighs> other night. I know, and I like it. I really, really like the movie, but it was like, I, you kind of, I kind of forget that it's very, uh, for being a murder movie, Mm -hmm. I guess, a crime movie, it's not a thriller, and it's a real kind of slow burn on it. I think it's a thriller. It's like two and a half hours. I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's kind of slow burny, man. It is a slow, yeah. Yeah, But it's a thriller. well, okay. it's I went in accepting, uh, wanting something a little more up tempo mm, that evening, and I made it kind of. This kinda, is a thinker. That's what I'm kind of saying. When yeah. I think, when I say thriller, I mean like an up tempo. More thing. of a procedural. I think I was I was looking for more of a seven. If we're talking mm, about a David ooh, Fincher, yeah, oh, seven's also. It's really good. so wicked good. And then that drug, then that drug over this. Uh, uh, pandemic quarantine break thing mm-hmm. i've been diving into all these movies i've mm-hmm. talked to you about so mm-hmm. I, I think i kind of went down that path of like yeah. for a week or two a murder thriller thing because i watched uh, watch all of his entire filmography david fincher yeah god why don't we do, we should just get real drunk your husband you and i mm-hmm. like this weekend and just watch a bunch of movies so i would do that children. nothing to do oh yeah shit i forgot you have responsibilities <laughs> those damn kids. i don't have <laughs> i wish i didn't have to you know what? i'd have Maybe. so much fun if i didn't have them oh my god i'd be doing whatever the hell i want um, oh that'd be great maybe i should get drunk this weekend and watch some movies maybe you should. i don't have children. so you said you were watching a movie i was watching well no and it's like i guess i got in like a murder thriller kind of zone mm-hmm. and i watched uh got it uh uh the the spider along came a spider along came a spider yeah. and then uh kiss zone man kiss, kiss the, girls. the girls i watched kiss yeah. the girls i tried watching zodiac and again i'd seen zodiac probably 10 times yeah and i didn't watch seven but i watched part of seven it was on mm. tv i used to babysit for our we used to live right next door to a couple that were ended up Serial becoming colors? my parents best friends okay but then we moved across town which is literally a mile and a half away because i lived in a small suburb but they would still go out with them every weekend. And their younger son was only like six years younger than me. But 
young enough that he needed someone in the house, but not a lot of attention needed to be paid. It mm. was like, go to bed at nine and then do whatever the hell you want. And they had a million VHSs of everything. And it was just enough time. They would go, my parents and our former neighbors would go to a local bar for like two and a half hours. So it was just enough time for me to watch a movie. And so I watched so many things I wouldn't have been allowed to watch, like all the David Fincher movies, like The Game. I watched that. Um, I watched a lot of, he must have had a Val Kilmer thing. I watched The Saint. Ah, Saint's good. Uh, something else like that. I watched The Crow and um, Along Came a Spider, Double Jeopardy, um, The Bone Collector, all those Morgan Jeez. Freeman. Um, oh, I haven't watched Bone Collector. Kiss the Girl. I need to put that on the list. Yeah. It's so... Or Je- is it called Jeopardy or Double Jeopardy? I should know this, but Ashley Judd. If it's Ashley Judd or it's Morgan Freeman, I've definitely all- seen it. Val <laughs> Kilmer. It's like where they all intersect. And so I would just like watch a bunch of thriller kind of movies and primal fear. So I don't know why I haven't forced Ryan to watch more of them, but our first or second week in quarantine, I made him watch the game, which is Fincher between seven and Zodiac. And it wasn't as highly reviewed or, or rated, but it's really good. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess that's why, but Good. Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. Come on. Yeah. And then I made him watch Primal Fear, which is Edward Norton's first big role. So good. Ah, these 90 movies. Mm -hmm. Mm. So you think David Fincher could turn Adam Devine into... But do I want to see that? I don't think I I kind of want to. I like him. I love him in Workaholics, but I like him in this role as the guy you can trust. He can play the the um jason bateman really well but that's why i'm saying i wonder if he could because as i'm watching this i was thinking i could see him genuinely as in a i don't want to say a real romantic this was poking fun at romantic comedies this is a i I could see him in an honest to god romantic comedy doing really well when he has that one the there's a netflix one where he, he keeps getting into a photo booth and going back in time wait what yeah i am very much unfamiliar with what you're talking about. It was fun. One that he gets into a photo booth and goes back in time? With a girl from Baywatch, from the new Baywatch. When we first met? Yes. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Oh, I just pulled that because it was like a thing. It was fun. Yeah. Okay. Terrible reviews, but that doesn't really mean anything. That's all rom-coms pretty much. Wow. (laughs) Not this one. This one is 70%. I call 70%. Well, here's the deal. Tell me. Uh, the Metacritic scores range, but the highest one is, I think, an 83 uh, from IndieWire. Every trope, twist, and trick of the genre is up for skewering in this comedy, but the film keeps things light and smart, never dipping into darkness or crass jokes. It's funny because it's clever, but it's also never cruel, which I thought was very sweet. Yeah, you know, that's one thing I did. So I like, I like Rebel Wilson. I find her funny. Yeah, but yeah, I don't really dig slapstick type stuff, oh, and that she seems does that. and that seems yeah. to be like her. She uses her body a lot. Yeah, and yeah. and but I don't. That's I just don't dig that kind of comedy a lot. Um, but you it, love Steve Martin. I do love Steve Martin. You well, are you well, I, secretly sexist? I've been accused as such, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't even know. I had oh god no I I had uh, 
somewhere I shop, the lady accused me of being sexist, I guess, to other <laughs> yeah, employees. I just don't like no, her. I just don't like her. It's don't just, like you specifically. No, and I, but I talk, <laughs> and I talk to in the store. I talk to all these other women that work there, and because I enjoy them. This yeah. one person, I don't talk. It has nothing to do with your you gender. I just don't care for you. That's like when I wouldn't make out with a guy because he was a douchebag, and he's like, "She must be gay." Cool. <laughs> That's definitely why. <laughs> uh, yep. Yes, Sarah. It's exactly the same well, thing. It's no, you're similar. <laughs> you know, it's like no, it's just you. It's just, it's just you. you specifically. <laughs> Sorry. But what I was gonna say is in this movie, it it there weren't like She's a big girl, but there weren't, I don't think there were fat jokes in this really. No. Mm-mm. Which I like, I mean, I yeah. like that. There was one joke about her running in slow-mo and her boobs going everywhere, but that was a general girl That's running normal. in slow-mo yeah. joke, you know? And so I did kind of like that when she was actually getting the chance to be funny. Mm-hmm. And the one bombastic part of this movie that I really did enjoy that, again, like normally the big, the big, maybe it's not slapstick is what I don't like. It's like bombastic over the top stuff, yeah. I guess. But I love the karaoke scene. Oh, yeah. And I felt like that was where her they style... They said that was an homage to My Best Friend's Wedding. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. I had it written down. It's what it seemed like. There and I go. could see that scene, had this been a more popular movie, that becoming oh, yeah. like My Best Friend's Wedding. Because yeah. like it was a really well done... Yeah. Oh, my God. Because the person, what, they kick out the, the plug or something, and she has to go mm-hmm. acapella, and then it all kind of like it has the same beginning. Loved yeah. it. I love Love, yeah. and, and that's when her comedic style worked for mm-hmm. me in this movie yeah. a lot. It, it, we met together in the middle, okay. Rebel, Rebel, Rebel and, and I. I. Uh, Katie Walsh from Los Angeles Times said, isn't it romantic? Walks the line between subversive and send up. It gleefully makes fun of the well-known tropes of romantic comedies while also satisfying our desire to delight in said tropes. And I, I mean, I agree with that. You made a face like, no. Well, I guess that's the main thing to really take. I, did it nail what we have found to be true uh, defining aspects of this genre? Or did it nail things that just happen in some of them that people associate with romantic comedies, even though they're not really in the genre? So I guess what I'm saying is like, like, do you feel like we really see women pitted against each other as often in romantic comedies to the point where it's like a defining aspect yeah. of the genre? Bride Wars, Monster-in-Law... If it helps, the New York Times says the film's reliance on conventions, even as it snickers at them, gives it the faint air of a con and gave it a 50%. Here's one. She makes a point about voiceovers. Mm-hmm. I don't really think we see voiceovers that often in the romantic comedies we've done. Not even, hmm. not to the point where, number one, it stands out to me, but number two, that we would call it genre defining. Hmm. I'm not saying that they don't hit some of the things that we've seen is like defining this genre, but it felt like they slipped in some that maybe people associate with them, but Mm. upon our closer inspection that we spent 49 episodes doing aren't maybe really there as prevalent in a prevalent nature as people would think. Talk to me. Todd Strauss Schulson is Todd. Todd. He's still alive. Strauss Schulson. That son of a bitch. I know. He's the director. He watched over 90 romantic comedies. Really? Over two weeks. So a very short time. And noted the similar visual and narrative tropes among them in order to write this movie. So I'm I'm shrugging my I shoulders. I want to know what ones he watched, though, then. Because, I mean, 
I think we've done a pretty good mix in our first our first fifty sh- shows of doing ones that are <laughs> highbrow, lowbrow, mm-hmm. you know, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't see homages to things like when Harry met Sally and all that level of romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. This felt like a lot of references to fifty first dates and uh, or not fifty first dates. Even in the dog the walker scene. The director listed the dog breeds found in numerous rom-coms and ensured that all those breeds were part of that scene. Okay, maybe I'm the wrong one here then, I guess. He <laughs> he would take musical numbers from movies and then amalgam them into what became the dance scenes in this movie. It features over 120 allusions to romantic comedies, from costumes to themes to dialogue. They even got Priyanka Chopra, who has previously... Completed about a million rom-coms in Bollywood in India. I had no idea. They have alluded to Pretty Woman, When Harry Met Sally, The Fault in Our Stars, 13 Going on 30, and... I literally just saw a note where I said, this is hitting 13 Going on 30 tropes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My my Best Friend's Wedding, and uh, You've Got Mail. Where was a a You've Got Mail reference? Um, going into the coffee shop, Central Park. I, I guess what they're calling a trope, I more think of what we talk about as being like really genre defining. I, I don't. Either way, the the sex scene and how they deal with the sex scene where he <laughs> walks so in and then funny. it cuts to it. Yeah, that to me was like a Groundhog Day <laughs> level of horror, where you just realize She's like, trying yeah. to, and or I, the swearing. That was great too. Yeah, I didn't know. You put PG thirteen. I just knew that guy had to be related to Chris Helmsworth, but I didn't know oh, really? who he was. I was just like, this guy's got to be related to me oh, somehow because yeah. they look He used dead to on. be married to Miley Cyrus. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, this dude was in the Hunger Games, yeah, right? Okay. That's right. But he is the only one of them who hasn't been in a rom-com before and hasn't danced. So they were always making fun of him like in the final scene and stuff when they're all dancing and he's like, Way out of his league. <laughs> He's having fun. I thought the one scene in it that did to me feel like a real romantic, like could have, everything else was kind of taken from other romantic comedies and amalgamated. But the one scene that to me stood alone hmm. was when they, him and her broke into the ice cream shop. Oh yeah. That felt like that, you could have taken that and put it into a serious mm-hmm. romantic comedy mm-hmm. and it would have worked. Mm-hmm. I really liked that scene. And okay. Even, even their ribbing about what ice cream flavors you like. Yeah. So, here's the deal. Yes. I have more ice cream in my freezer than I've ever had before in my life in my freezer because of you and because of myself (laughs) panicking about the pandemic and buying like three or four flavors. So, I bought vanilla just to, you know, have vanilla. Well, yeah, you got to have vanilla too. And then I bought that American Dream, Americone Dream. Dream. I want to call it American Dream Cone really bad. And then I had fish food in my freezer for a while until I gave it to you. Mm, I appreciate that. And that that Buckeye. Graders, mm-hmm. the ra- black raspberry chip, the mm. mint chocolate chip, and the s'mores. I will tell you right now, I have been flitting between them, and I miss every night my regular old Hagen Dazs butter pecan. Really? It is so good. Are you kidding? Compared me? to all of those. Really? I would choose the butter pecan. Every single night wow. I eat part of it and I go, I wish this was that butter pecan. I'm floored by that. I love butter pecan. Because you just listed some excellent choices. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Give me a freaking butter pecan. I don't man. know that I've ever had hog, but Hagen dazs specifically. It was so fucking good. It's the best butter pecan I've ever had. But I've always been a butter pecan, a butter pecan person. Fan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
now I need to try this Hagen dazs because that's a bold yes. thing to say you have that many delicious ice creams. Well, I could be weird, you know, but I love butter pecan. And I'm a person who I am really sensitive to caffeine. Like I have. No. Well, yeah. I have one <laughs> half scoop of caffeine per four scoops of decaf in my coffee in the morning. And that's like a five cup coffee maker, you know, and that's fine. That's all I need. And so at night, I can't really have chip ice cream. <laughs> oh, because of the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't drink chocolate milk at night when I was a kid because of the chocolate. And um, so this pandemic, I don't really care anymore because it's like, might as well go to bed at 1 a.m. Who cares? <laughs> but in general, I have to find an ice cream that doesn't have You have to find chocolate. an ice cream that won't keep you yeah. up. Oh, my goodness. And butter pecan. We're having this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm 35. This I, is happening. I also have the same issue with uh, things keeping me up and energy, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. I mean, yeah. I get I get wound. We both get wound up mm-hmm. easy on stuff. But we take two very drastically different approaches to this. Mm. You do the responsible thing. Yes. And you try to whatever. I just take sleeping pills <laughs> with my ice cream <laughs> once again, at 10 o'clock. Once again, <laughs> I have children. You do not. <laughs> There are reasons we do certain things. Well, the, I, and I'm not saying one's right. When I was in London with Brian without wrong. kids, we took sleeping pills every night. I thought you were going to say we ate ice cream every night. We did not. We drank <laughs> booze every night. But then we were both up till two, like, what? The, it's only nine o'clock in Columbus. Wait, why can't you take a sleeping pill? I'm not talking like a you heavy. sleep through your kids. Well, I'm not talking like a bad one. I'm talking like a Tylenol PM. I'm not talking like a. Is Zoloft a sleeping pill? I feel like that may yeah, be a sleeping think, pill. I don't know. Probably. Sounds What's the like one with it. the butterfly? Lunestra? What's the one that makes you eat? Oh. That Ambient. one. Ambient. That makes you like <laughs> sleep drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. not what we want. No. Yeah, we have different ways of handling things. Maybe some of them are kid dependent. Maybe. As you're saying. Maybe. God, I'm trying to think. So I have in my freezer right now. So I gave up ice cream for Len, as you know. Mm-hmm. You gave me the fish food yeah. ice cream for that. Um, it was a celebration I, of Lent being over. I know, and I loved it. I finally got McDonald's two days ago. Ooh. And they messed up my order. <gasps> no. And they gave me the uh, not just the wrong thing. They gave me an entire bag of wrong food. Whoa. And so I went back, and the lady had my bag of food rating at the window. Mm. So I was happier than a pig in stink. <gasps> yeah. Yay. Yeah, I didn't even know what out. to do when I got home. But you know what I did, Sarah? What? I'd already made up my mind that I was going to stop at Wendy's, too. Oh. So even though I got two bags of food from McDonald's, then you went to little Wendy's. piggy went through Wendy's and used a coupon to get a Dave's single for free. Mm. I know I'm terrible, well, but also ice cream. I have that that you gave me. Mm-hmm. I have vanilla. Again, you need your base. You always have to have it because you can mix it with stuff. It's your base, you can, yeah. My dad makes malts. Oh, God, mm, malts are so good. so good. Will used to work, a friend used to work at UDF, and we'd go in and have him make mm. us malts, and he'd never give us a size larger just to prove a oh. point. He took the power. I have that. I have strawberry. I have some sort of like, so I love strawberry. Yeah. Um, oh, Neapolitan. Give me a Neapolitan hmm. every day. Uh, I have a bourbon brownie hmm. that's pretty good. I have some sort of cherry rum that I showed you that was pretty oh, good. Yeah. Um, God, and then I, and then I have a cherry cheesecake. Well, I just go down the aisle and whatever's on sale. <laughs> and lately it's been Kroger Private Select. Yeah. And they take, they, Kroger takes some bold moves with their Private Select oh, ice cream. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm not. Uh, I don't like chocolate-covered cherries. I don't like cherry stuff, but I will eat a cherry cordial from UDF. And for people who aren't from here, UDF is United Dairy Farmers, which my friends from Michigan laughed hysterically every time they saw. They're like, what the hell is this place? I'm like, it's UDF. It's normal. But I guess it is weird to see United Dairy Farmers written on the side of a gas station. Mini Mart. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that did bother me about this movie is mm-hmm. for, so the, the entire premise of the movie is that she knows romantic comedies very well. No, I thought she no. She did know romantic comedies very well because she was her her assistant slash best friend knew them really well. But then she started rattling off all the things That's about romantic true. comedies. And then she's like, yeah. "You do know a lot about those." Yeah, I took so, that yeah. to be like she knew romantic yeah. comedies. She and watched, watched when she was a, a kid, and that's yeah. where that conversation with her mom came. And from. And she grew to hate them because of that, but she knew about yeah. them. But. She in the movie, well, and even in the movie, she's recognizing these tropes and things going on. Oh, God, Officer Handsome stopping her. The flower petals. <laughs> Fuck me, those flower petals. <laughs> or the, the um, walk sign is a bride and a groom. I didn't like, know. I didn't guess. Yeah. I must have been eating a sandwich at the time. That's a well, good one. I? But for anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, Liam. Mm-hmm. Helmsworth, Helmsworth. Helmsworth. He writes his number on a bunch of rose he petals. He writes and each dro- number on a different individually petal. on a petal, and then drops and them then just a- throws them like. Oh yeah, drops them random hat. into a hat. Yeah, and, and is like, oh, you'll when you'll you need it, it, she'll know it. And so she goes, she gets arrested, and she drops them on the floor, and they arrange themselves. And if I remember, they even had the dash in the middle, and no, <laughs> they even had the um, the parentheses, the parentheses, and the dash and then the in five, there. Five, five. And an officer handsome. Yeah, let's see. Hold but on it, a second. So if she knows romantic comedies though pretty well, mm-hmm. my issue with it is she doesn't see the turn coming. She should have recognized that in a romantic comedy, we kind of settle into a rhythm. What's the turn? And then there's a conflict. It's oh. that Adam Devine has a surprise. Well, I think wedding. she was spending the whole time trying to figure out how the hell to get out of this, and it was like. I have to fall in love with someone. Like, that's what she was thinking. Like, I have to fall in love in order to... And then it was like, oh, I have to break this up in order to whatever. I don't know. Well, that begs the question then, Sarah. If you were stuck in a romantic comedy like this and you thought you had to uh, fall in love to get out of it, yeah, what strategy would you employ to fast track it knowing romantic comedies as well as you do? Because she seemed to try and fast track things as best she could. Mm, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll tell you what I would do. All right. I would find some. I would I would not. I would find someone. Try and find someone genuine and have some fun with them. I'm not saying anything devious. Mm-hmm. But then I'd start a fight because the conflict is what does it. And then I'd make do a grand gesture very quickly. That's how I'd get in and out of romantic comedy. <laughs> You're just trying to. <laughs> Like, like, play the system. That's exactly what the question was. How would you play the system to get in and out as quick as you could? You just fight with someone randomly. It has to be genuine. That's the whole thing of it. I'm just saying, if... if she it, has to come to this. That's the other thing about a rom-com. But, I, but I'd have you're the always grand gesture. taught a lesson. So you're going to get burned by trying to... Well, I always get burned. <laughs> I'm sure I'd learn a lesson in there. Some, maybe the lesson is that I can't beat the system. And yeah. all of a sudden, boom, I beat the system, baby. Oh, God. I don't know about that. It could work. 
So get this. Talk to The me. guy that when you're in my high school, you can go to prom if you're a junior or a senior. That was mine. Is, that, when, is that not standard? But when, if you're a sophomore, you can go only if you're invited. Yeah. And then a freshman just can't. Freshman right? can't go at all. That sounds standard to me. So I was a sophomore and my friend had an older stepbrother who I was kind of friends with and knew, but wasn't like close with. But his family was friends. Like my mom knew his mom really well. And he invited me to prom. And I was like, that's very unusual. But I'll go. Sure. Okay. And he rented a limo with some other kids that were a year older than me. And again, I went to a small school, so it's not like we didn't know each other forever. But it was just a weird group of people that I hadn't expected to be with. And we went to dinner, had fun in the limo, driving around Dayton, and then got went to prom itself. And he like left, and I never saw him the rest of the night. No. Yeah. What did you do? I hung out with my friends who were already there. Oh, okay. Luckily, well, I had friends who were two years older, so I hung out in that group and had a great time. Then but I really... Didn't interact with him ever again. And it was just so strange. You mean ever in life or that evening? Pretty much in life. Like he was just a year older than me. And he was always nice, but he was kind of a pothead and was just not in a friend group that I was ever in. And never really spoke to me again. And we never had any classes together. And so it was just kind of a funny random night. And... I moved on with my life. I, I think he went to Ohio State. I don't know. Moved to Columbus, get married, have Emma start working at this small nonprofit just to get the hell out of the house. And back it's a when you really could leave the small, house. yeah, exactly. Back in 2014. The way, way back before time. <laughs> exactly. And I ended up moving up in the company to be the executive administrator and then i had june went to part-time and then ended up leaving when june was born and the person who took my place was my prom date (laughs) from 2001 that sounds like that could be a teen novel title the person that took my place and it's a small i mean i worked with like 20 other people, like a really small nonprofit on Grandview Avenue, like so small. And it's like, where the hell did you come from? And now he works there and knows all the people I know. And I'm like, what? That's why I was texting my old coworker the other night when I came across all this old stuff in my old like high school shit I had uncovered. I'm like, oh my God, so weird. A full 17 years later, and he's back. We should write a script for Netflix called My Prom Day Took My Job. <laughs> and it could be a romantic comedy about reconnecting, but like it has to start out like you're, you're leaving, and he comes in, and you have to train him, and there's a lot of tension, yeah. and you don't then want to give up the job. Oh, That'd be fun. This could write itself. <laughs> that would be delightful. It's so weird. That's really weird. Yeah. Did you have to interact with him, or you just like, no. it was once you left, you found out? I had left. I had gone down to part-time. Someone else had become the 
executive administrator, and then they moved to a different position. He came in. Weird. I would say the funniest part in this movie for me, showing just that Helmsworth has comedic chops. No, I'm, I'm going to put that out. I, it's just, it's done. Is that in the at the wedding, she was like talking to, she was on the phone with somebody. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard at that part. He's kicking the hostas. He's just being a dick. Like he just, he's like, I got to take this call. And he goes over to talk to his dad and he looks over at her and just like back kicks a bunch of hostas. hostas. And then he just like, Turns around and front kicks them for no reason. It, oh my god! And that's not to say this movie that made me laugh. This so movie, hard. Did, this movie did have some funny parts, but that part was <laughs> that was my that, laugh out loud. Yeah, moment. that was busting out loud. Oh my god, that was so. That's a face he made. It's just like yeah, that I had, I had total buy into that dude yeah. at, at that point. I'm a big fan of the Hemsworths in general. Yeah, they seem to do good work. Yeah. Also, her her sassy best friend in this movie, the gay neighbor. Mm -hmm. Can we talk for just a second about his lobster outfit and how bad I want it? (laughs) Really? I I have a note in here that I'd wear that. That would be just, I'm, I'm, I'm Uh, really, well, they're probably up on like Nan or not Nan. Well, maybe Nantucket or like Montauk or something. I assume that that was around them, but matching lobster shorts, Mm. a shirt. And then there was something with the shoes. I forget what it was, but there was something that I wrote down about the shoes. I can't find right now. And I loved it. I just love that. He keeps showing up. Like, do you have a job? How'd you get it? He's like, I rode my bike. Like, he's just always there. That was the one trope that I really did kind of like is that yeah. they, that they more than more than most is that they not only leaned on the sassy side <laughs> friend, but how the sassy side friend does genuinely seem to just appear, mm-hmm. disappear and have and no have nothing. Yeah. Very little is often going on yeah. in their life. And we're left very curious about what it looks like, like Judy Greer and most of the ones she's yeah. in. We've talked about wanting a Judy Greer mm-hmm. side project mm-hmm. of her as the sassy. Hitting friend. girls against each other. 13 well, going on 30. Is, yeah. I guess that it was that one. Yeah. The one thing that they didn't do in this movie to go along with that and they really couldn't but i would have at least like it acknowledged mm-hmm. is what you'll know what i'm talking about and i don't remember was the name was it the beckdale test is that what you called it or Beck, the, yeah allison bechtel Well, the thing where it's like two women in movies can't interact or when they interact they only talk about a man Men, yeah. was that the beckdale mm-hmm. test mm-hmm. i would have at least like some weird acknowledgement of that like her overhearing two women talking about a man and being like you know you're allowed to talk about other things <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i think that would have been a, a nod because yeah that does the types of tropes they were poking fun at that falls under it and right. we have yeah. seen that a shocking amount yeah. especially in some of the well ones. the director wanted the film to end with she and adam would be not getting together mm. but it screen tested so poorly mm-hmm. they had to change it around and apparently rebel wilson would sneak into screenings to just see how people were reacting to the jokes and stuff so she could you know change anything around mm. or whatever and um so they compromised and said, like, wanted to hit home that you're you're complete as you are. And I thought they did a good job. I thought they did. I'd too. be really pissed if they didn't end up together after all that. Yeah, yeah. It would suck. What I always I always like the uh, 
the acknowledgement of near misses as we've talked about with yeah. people like, oh yeah, no, I always thought those two would hook up. I mean, we were literally looking through <laughs> our college yearbook this weekend because that's a th- I, didn't, I didn't know college yearbooks <laughs> were a thing until they handed me one. <laughs> oh really? Uh, yeah, but it was going. We were going through people. And we'd be like, oh, you know, like there. Oh yeah, that guy was my near miss, and I'd be like, oh no, I knew that guy. He's on my floor, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, oh no, this is my my friend so and so. We danced around each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another friend we danced around each other for a long time, but it ended up happening. And so right. I, I kind of like that. I was in that mindset. I like that that was a part of this. Yeah. Have you ever had a friend have a surprise wedding? No, but mm. I'd love to. Um, I did read Busy Phillips' memoir, and she did that. Oh, really? Yeah. They said they were just going to have a big party, and then they're like, surprise, and they're both wearing their wedding outfits, and everyone's like, oh, shit. When I coached bowling, there was a dad that I got, a dad and a mom that I got chatty with. You know, mm-hmm. you just get to know the parents. And somehow it came out that that's what they did. That's awesome. I would love to do that. Well, yeah, she said they just had a ba- a party in their backyard. Mm-hmm. People just wore whatever, thought it was a normal thing, but they mm-hmm. made it. I don't remember how, but I guess they made it clear, like you know, it's we re- it's important you guys come. I forget if there was some other attachment to mm-hmm. it of like, oh no, we're blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, everybody's there. They just made an announcement. And they're like, uh, yeah, I'd like guys, if you wouldn't mind just sitting down, we're going to get married real quick, and then this will be the reception. <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm increasingly thinking like. I, I'm like the only one left. Yeah. If someone's going to do it. You should. It might be me. You should do it. I'd help you plan it. I'd keep a secret. I think you would be. You're a good secret keeper. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. That's a huge compliment. But Sorry. yes, you. I know you would be a good a good secret keeper if yes. I was going to do it. Um, the thing is, though, I have to find a lady a that is interested. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to say we're putting the horse or a carriage ahead of the horse. The ho- the horse heart. ahead of the carriage. Yeah. Carriage or cart. There's something with a cart and a horse. Yeah. We're putting... Don't put the cart before the horse. Yeah. I need to find someone that wants to talk to me. Yeah. And return phone calls and things. Make hay while the sun shines. Yes. I need to find sunny hay. Sunny hay. Yes. Sunny hay time. So if you had a surprise wedding... See, I'd want to do like a surprise... Vowel renewal or something. That would be fun. Yeah. I'd show up I feel like that's kind of lame. It's like... Hey, everybody's surprised. Now you have to sit through us confessing our love to each other, but we've been married for years. I think it would be sweet. And honestly, I've been to wedding ceremonies. Elliot and Laura's was 15 minutes from the minute the music started to us being in the back room. I can't see a vow thing taking that long. I think that would be a lot of fun. I fully support the vow thing. Uh, the one trope that they did hit on is the idea of facing your fears to win over the one that you love. And we've <laughs> seen this in a lot of movies and grand gestures. Yeah. Uh, but hers was singing karaoke. Yeah. My question for you was if your husband ever got a standing O at karaoke, <laughs> would that be what you put on the divorce paper? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Although I feel like it's already happened. No, he hasn't gotten a standing O. Singing Love Shack. Like five people coming up to him. Like, that was amazing. But that's not a standing O. Oh, I'm talking an honest to God, everybody in the bar is stand. Well, I guess a bar, a lot of people are standing already. But right. they sit down and then going, stand oops, up again. Going to, uh, uh, God, what the hell is that place called? Lido's. Going to Lido's Friday nights. I feel like a lot of people, it was like kind of standing room only karaoke. But mm. I feel like he got a big response to it was either under the bridge or he stole say it ain't so from me which is something i would sing that got very well received thank you from him now 
do you are you able to feel happy for him in those moments? No. <laughs> not really. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's singing a new song or something, he's trying something out, that's great. I'll feel happy for him for that. If he's trying out a new song. <laughs> well, what's funny is I've been with your husband at a karaoke <laughs> where it's he and I and the bar's like empty and, and we're leaving. Like we're leaving. Like I'm going to sing a and, song. And he's like, yeah, l- l- just I'm going to. I'm and, and I told him I was leaving and he still signed up and went up uh, under the pretense that no one he knew would be in that bar. He just wanted to sing. Yeah. And under the bridge was what under he chose. Bridge, yep. yep. It's his go to. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Baby Got Back. Or I don't think I've seen him do that one. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Mm-hmm. God. Yes. That's go to. Yes. Or saying it so that again, I started and he stole. That's delightful. But he doesn't know a lot of the good duets, like the Captain and Tennille or the whole um, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. I couldn't if, if I, I tried. Oh, honey, if I get restless. He's like, I don't know what that is. Like, damn it, Brian. Even like Total Eclipse of the Heart, you know, or uh, Grease or anything. Mm-mm. I'm about to say a series of words that are going to put a smile on your face. Right. Uh, I have two friends, Caitlin and Jordan. They're married. Uh-huh. Uh, and I one time went to karaoke, met them at a karaoke, and I didn't even know we were going to meet them, but we did, long story short. Um, he, he, she and he got up, her and her... Um, what would you call it exactly? Uh, lace looking corset thing. And he in his velvet top hat okay. and did paradise by the dashboard light oh. together. And they fucking crushed so it great. and they crushed it. They oh. absolutely crushed it. Wow. They are, so, if I could. I add, always want Brian to sing meatloaf and he never knows it. I could see him doing meatloaf. Like he could good. do the intro to on a hot summer night. Would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I uh, took the words right out of my mouth. He could do that. I but took the words right know. out of my mouth. And then the clapping. It must have been how you were kissing me. That is the best album. Oh, my gosh. It's a great album. And you have read my, yeah. my outline. The, uh, um, the uh, oh, my God. Opera. Yeah. Rock yeah, opera. Rock opera. I still think it's got legs. but Oh, for sure. I'll run that. I have a for buddy sure. I want to run that by that actually does theater here in Columbus. Theater. And I, like he's in that world. Yeah. Like, he knows all the people that put on things. Yeah. I'd be curious if maybe we get a little black box thing that going on. That would be on. fantastic. It would be intense. <laughs> I had one favorite part of this movie, I will say. The more we're talking about it, I did kind of like this movie yeah. more than I thought I did That's when we fun. started. It, it, was, it was one of the most, to me... Like the type of love that I would have hope to have one day and that I love when I see in other people. Mm-hmm. And I forget who asked, but someone asked what Adam Devine's favorite vegetable was. Mm-hmm. And Rebel Wilson <laughs> responded with table side guac. Yeah. And the person said, that's not a vegetable. And she said, it is to him. <laughs> And not just that a person could know you that well, but accept that weird eccentricity that in thing. you and yeah. celebrate it. Yeah. That to me made me really smile on a lot of levels mm. that I'm not sure that line was written to be as deep 
as it as it was to yeah, me, maybe. or maybe it was, but I, you know, just someone. It was. It I mean, was. That's a re- good writing. It was. It was a quick throwaway line that just basically <laughs> said, like, no, like someone that really loves you makes it. Yeah. It lets you know it's okay to be you, and they not only celebrate those things about you, but they will defend them for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. I really like that moment. Mm-hmm. That's when I got invested in this movie. Oh. Yeah. God, Tableside Guac is so good. Tableside Guac is so... Oh. I can't hear Tableside Guac without thinking Breaking Bad. Really? You never I don't f- even remember that scene. You never finished it then. Yes, I did. Osmandius? I think it was the Osmandius episode. What happens? They. It's where he meets with Hank and uh, yeah. him, Skylar, Hank, and Hank's wife, whose name I can't remember all of a sudden. They're at the Mexican restaurant, and he knows, and the waiter keeps coming up offering tableside guac like oh. every couple minutes. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, I love tableside guac. I try to order it whenever I can because mm. it's so good and just makes me happy. I don't think about that very sad Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, know the poem that Ozymandias comes from? Do you know the uh, reference? They uncover like the ruins of a, hu- a huge statue. It used to be so powerful and amazing, and, and it's just ruined. And in the sand is just a relic of the past. I met a traveler from Nancy Land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command. Tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appeared, My name is Ozymantius, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sand stretch far away. Mm-hmm. And I have heard that. Now, when she, as we're getting near the end of the movie, I like when she be, comes back to the real world. Oh, when she comes back and it's a uh, good looking guy walks in, she finds out he's not, he says he's a nurse, but then yeah. he ends up being an extra. Like, where are you coming? Get out of here. Yeah, that was. They were filming a, uh, that, I like that. Doctor that, or like a law and order kind of show. I like that. That was that clever. Was good. But she goes back to her office and then ends up defiantly giving her presentation mm-hmm. on a parking garage. Mm-hmm. But her little thing about parking garages being dark and closed off and something no one notices. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to stop being like a parking garage. <laughs> maybe I need to be more out there yeah. and, and, and memorable and bright, Sarah. Maybe I needed to be a glass structure, like Ooh. she's saying. Although I kept thinking to myself, like, no person is going to want to spend a bunch of money to gussy up a parking garage like stranger things have happened though you're probably if you are like at a at in any way economical it's like that's just a place for cars i don't need fancy chandeliers and whatever crap and painted walls like that's where the cars go that's where the cars go osu put some fancy schmancy outside stuff on a couple of the parking garages but yeah not the insides yeah who cares about the inside but then after that i think it was after that came another part that I really liked that I think we have seen in some romantic comedies. Again, like, it's not genre-defining, but making someone see the world from your perspective. She's bitching about Mm. him, like, looking at the sign and blah, 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 and he brings her over and Mm. puts her in his chair to see. She can see what he sees. And so she gets the larger message of seeing the world from someone else's perspective. Walk two moons in someone's shoes. 
Is that a saying? Yeah, walk two moons, the book. I've never heard the two moons. I've just heard walk a mile. It's an Indian, yeah. yeah. It's an Indian, an old Indian uh, idiom. You will never know a man until you walk two moons in his moccasins. Mm. It's a great freaking book by Sharon Creech. Ugh, the best. All about walking in shoes? Mm, It's all about a girl named Salamanca Tree Hiddle who's on a quest to find her mom. With her grandparents. Hmm. It's so good. Really, the last note that I have about this that maybe you can answer mm-hmm. is who who do you think this movie was really for? Because it did... I think it's for people who love romantic comedies. But it almost felt to me like... the and People who love to laugh at them because well, those people are still very much the same people. <laughs> well, it felt like a bunch... It felt like a lot of the casting seemed to skew younger to like what would appeal to younger audiences hmm. you know preteens teens a lot of the jokes seem structured in a way that would matter to preteens and teens but they wouldn't get a lot of the references or the jokes i don't know i don't it, think it was referencing it was for preteens or teens okay. at all um someone said katie reif from the av club said it's a feature-length in joke for fans who will always pause if my best friend's wedding pops up during a lazy Saturday afternoon channel surfing session, but to ultimately consider rom-coms a slightly shameful guilty pleasure. And I think that's the, the zone, okay. which is a lot of people, including yeah. me. I, okay, see, just to me, it felt like, I, I guess if it was for my taste and being a little older, mm-hmm. I wish there would have been some more subversive stuff in it. Not everything would have been so over the top. Definitely my favorite cast in it was her mom. I don't know if you know who Jennifer Saunders is. I don't. But that's Jennifer Saunders. She's fantastic. She's one of the greatest comedic actors of all time. She's from Faulty Towers. Oh, I've always been told to watch Faulty Towers, that I yeah. love it. She is so good and she can play serious too she was recently in a harlan corbett um uh netflix miniseries they'd they'd gotten from one of his books and she was playing a more serious role she's freaking fantastic oh she's been in a lot oh so much she's done a lot of voice work oh yeah she's amazing again i got such a tiny her being in this is just so spot on to like she's a truth teller you know and smoking her cigarettes and doing whatever. Well, I'll have to look into that. Like I said, Will's been telling me to watch Faulty Towers since college. And I, <laughs> you should. Well, he never would bring the damn DVDs to um, college. And then I forgot about it once streaming became a thing. Because what do I look like? I'm going to remember everything? <laughs> Women with crazy hairdos smoking and drinking martinis. <laughs> well, I'm sold. And John Cleese. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I mean, the whole movie is tropes for romantic comedies but i guess we got to go through and see if it hits hits our more genre defining tropes than just right so me cute she already knows adam devine we do get a i guess psych out me cute of her meeting the guy she thinks yeah. will be her love interest in that meeting, in that when meeting. He tries to take give her his coffee order mm-hmm uh, and then they meet again on the street when she leaves the emergency room. Yeah, and that's that's a good romantic mo- comedy tropey meet cute thing. Yeah. The, fl- the flowers fucking kill me. I know, that, that was, was so just funny. It was almost too much. It was just <laughs> right at that line for me. So we do have a meet cute of sorts, but then also in a lot of romantic comedies, we see they already know the person, and we get kind of a not a true meet cute. Right. So I guess we get both in this. Mm-hmm. So that's good. 
Uh, reason they can't be together. She never considers Adam Devine a real love interest because she thinks that doesn't happen to girls like me. Yeah. Apparently. 13 going on 30. She didn't really see him as a love interest yeah. for a long time, too. Yeah. So we've got that. And Liam Hemsworth tries to change her name. Oh, <laughs> like, man. That part killed me. <laughs> yes. If you're going to be part of my you know, life from now on, you're going to have to change your name to like Kenzie or what does he say? I can't remember what it is. I don't remember <laughs> either, but it was good. Oh, and he, she can't work. You oh yeah. But work. I like my job. I like being an architect. She's an architect. That's another She's one. She's an architect. I didn't even yeah. think. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. They did get, they got that. She's an architect. That's wonderful. In New York. In New York. Uh, so we have the city. Right. So they have the city. Uh, there is the secondary love story too between Adam Devine and Priyanka Chopra, Chopra. who is like so insanely gorgeous. It's yeah. Crazy. And they walk that line with her that they do in a lot of romantic comedies of the other woman not really being like, um, uh, Cameron Diaz in my best friend's wedding yeah. like where she's not really evil. She's not you a don't, bad you don't, person. Yeah, yeah. They don't make her evil. She's just, yeah. You just can't root for you're not rooting you're rooting for the main character but mm -hmm. it's not like a yeah, I like that mm -hmm. that they didn't just make her like a bitchy terrible person or something like that. Yeah. They, and she doesn't have to fail for Rebel Wilson to succeed. Yeah. Which is nice. Which some of the best rom better romantic comedies we've seen that's what they do. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm uh, montage. There's a closet trying on clothes montage. Remember she's like are we going to do this? Oh yeah. Like, yes, we are. I don't know if there's... No, there's a lot of bridge ones. Driving and crossing the bridge montage. In the voiceover kind of thing. Obviously, her sassy side friend is her gay neighbor who's always there. But her really good friend is her assistant who then in the rom-com itself, she is pitted against. But she Do you know who that really... is? No, who is that? That is Betty Gilpin from... Man, shit, I saw her in the credits and I couldn't figure out who the Glow. hell she was in it. She looks so different she without looks, all that makeup. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. that's amazing. I, when she was in, when I, she came on screen, I was like, she looks really familiar. Yeah. But then they were, they were pitted against each other, mm -hmm. but then that storyline kind of got dropped, which I'm yeah. kind of fine it with. It was just like another trope Yeah. Thing. Like, why yeah. do we always have to fight? Why, why can I not succeed too? Yeah. I was fine with that. They got dropped. I didn't care <laughs> for that really. Uh, there's some good boobs, but she doesn't show them off a bunch. Well, Priyanka Chopra. Oh yeah. 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 So I love when she's like, Oh no, she's just faking it. I choke all the time because that's how they meet. Oh, he my. saves her from that's his meet cute with oh you're right. yeah. he, save, he does the Heimlich maneuver. Can we stop for a second and talk about have you ever been so, in a restaurant or something when someone starts? Choking? No, I never have. I have been really. Yeah, and I'm not proud to talk about how I reacted. Where were you? I was in a Greek restaurant in downtown Detroit oh. on uh, the little. Uh, Greek town area. Mm -hmm. So it's like all big flashy things in this restaurant. It was really weird. I can only describe the inside of it as waterfall levels of tables. So it was like three huh. stories kind of, but each was only like a portion of a floor, if that makes sense. Weird. So like you could see so all like the... a stage. They were all no, no, it was weird. just, it was just weird. Um, but a weird dream. We were on the second floor, whatever you want to call mm. it, I guess. I don't know. And this guy goes down. Like oh, at a no. table over, like a bigger dude too. He goes down and I'm with uh, a guy that was... Because when you're actually choking, you don't make any noise. 
Well, it's not like he made he made a bunch of noise. He like kind of you know whatever, and then went down, like mm-hmm. stood up for a second, and kind of then the falling made noise. Ooh. But he wasn't like, right. um, and so the guy I was with, the girl I was dating, and a couple of her friends and whatnot, and one of the guys was an army medic, mm-hmm. and so he runs over and immediately starts trying to give the guy like tries giving him the heim. Or no, he's in the table at that point. Sorry, he was at the table, and his wife was going, "My husband's choking," so he runs over and gives him the Heimlich. Mm-hmm. The part that I'm not proud of is. I looked on in terror. I did. I froze. Oh, no. But again, army medic versus Justin. Right. Gonna let the army medic different. take over. Yeah. And so then eventually they figure out he's not getting anything out. Oh, and no. so I forget what happened after that. Or he said he could breathe and they laid him down on the ground and he started puking. Oh, no. And then the squad comes. Long story short, I watched the guy have a heart attack. Not oh, choke. that's what I was wondering. And so they got him, they got him out of there. But then another nurse came up and kind of t- uh, the older lady nurse kind of took over for my buddy. Hmm. But again, when I saw choking in this movie like that, it took <laughs> me back to me realizing, you know, you always think that you'll run towards danger, not away from. And right. in that moment, I found out I very much will instead sit in the middle of those two options oh. and just freeze. <laughs> but yeah, that was a weird. Not running? Yeah. And I was dating a girl at the time, so I didn't have a meet cute out of that. But we had a delightful evening. Okay. Yeah, you so didn't meet cute with a large man having no. a heart attack no i think we all ended up going to a strip club on greek town called bazookies Yay. after that so that was fun <laughs> great <laughs> soundtrack yeah was enjoyable yeah there's a whole bunch in the soundtrack let me find her doing i want to dance with somebody again oh, was just so delightful pretty woman oh the vanessa carlton a thousand miles uh, you know i'd walk thousand miles if I could just see you tonight. Uh, do you know that's the only riff I can play on piano? Really? I can do the... And I tried learning the rest of it and could not. No More I Love You's from Annie Lennox. Lady in Red. Lady in Red. It's all that I know of the melody and lyrics. She's <laughs> dancing with me, sure. cheek to cheek. Sure. Uh, kiss me, kiss me. Oh yeah, that had to be in there. Franca mm-hmm. Chopra was singing that. I love you always, forever. I love you always, forever. Oh, near or far, we'll we're still together. If we win, I will be with you. Everything I will do for you. Say you love me, love me forever. Never stop, never together, near and far and always. Yeah, I like that. And everyone. I only know chunks of lyrics, so I can only join in really in the melody. (laughs) So thank you for working with me. Uh, Express yourself, which was at the end, Madonna, Uh, and then My Way. The I assume the Frank Sinatra My Way. I kind of remember that. I was kind of hoping it was the Limp Biscuit My Way. (laughs) My Way, My Way, or the Highway. (laughs) So either way, we have a great soundtrack, which. Like yeah. we talked about, that's a big part of a good romantic, especially these more goofy romantic comedies. Because I mean, yeah. that, to me, that's more what this was kind of poking fun oh, at. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, a little bit at everything, but it was definitely more like the 13 going on 30 or the 27 dresses mm-hmm. or actually really not like the knocked up type, but they, that type of romantic comedy more yeah. so than, you know, when Harry met Sally or right. Sleepless in Seattle. It is its own thing because it is so, it's a postmodern romantic comedy because it's very meta, you know, Mm -hmm. looking, reflecting itself while 
trying to say something. So then would, now here's the real question. Hmm. Would you call it, is this more romantic comedy or your favorite? A Bildungsroman? Hmm. That's what I kind of came to. And not yeah. saying it can't be both, but yeah. they did make such a pointed moment of her, you know, realizing she had to love mm-hmm. herself first. Yeah. Coming to find that they're very... Closely related. Inextricably linked. Well, then I guess at the very least, if an alien came down and beat Boop, wanted to see a romantic comedy, <laughs> like one to ten, are you showing him, are you showing him this movie? I mean, movie? this would be a good, like, teachable moment movie. For an alien. Yeah. Like, if I were teaching a class on rom-coms, I may start with this just to, like, show them. A caricature These almost. are all the tropes that you can see. And then it's easier to spot them in other movies. You uh-huh. know? I don't know. But w- one to ten, though, like we always, it's it, I always got to get a number out of you because it it doesn't really matter, but it's more fun that way. I probably put it at like a nine. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's you know what it is. Yeah. It's literally called, isn't it romantic? Yeah. Got some great rear rear world robots. <laughs> <laughs> we were bobites yep we got that too real world advice what is the accent we're doing there i love Re- it it's me struggling what dialect is oh is that stroke <laughs> that's me not being able to say my r's and l's i had a problem saying world when i was little really wold oh that's fun the goal went to the sea wold that's <laughs> wonderful. I'm sorry if I'm dragging up trauma by poking fun. Uh, but real it's world. Funny. So you're getting and, it and then there's it's I guess it's a I guess it's a supernatural. Supernatural screwball. Right. I yeah. mean, because it is the comedy it's is both. for the most part pretty over the top, which again is kind of my issue with it, but that's more to taste than mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. You know what? I wanna that's the thing. I wanna go lower just because I didn't love it for whatever reason, but you're right. It's kind of hard to argue mm-hmm. it's anything but that. Because yeah. you you could try if and it had ended without them together, you could have argued for more of a building woman, which is I think what the director intended. Yeah. But they got they ended up together. Yeah. And you were always rooting for them. You were rooting for them. You know. He was like, likable in this role. Oh, for sure. Like I said, he's like the Jason Bateman. Yeah. The, you know, one, the only normal one throughout both storylines. All right. Well, I guess then I, man, I guess I got to give it like a nine as well. I want to, I want to give it lower, but I just can't <laughs> find a reason because it, yeah. it is like, yeah, it, you yeah. can't argue it's anything but a romantic comedy. And I don't want, I feel like 10 is really, for me to go over into a 10, it, like, I got a lot. I just, I have to like yeah. it. I have to have that. I don't think it can get to a 10 because it does know exactly what it yeah. is and plays with that genre. Well, and, and you could say that it's like a, you, you could try to make the argument that it's a parody more than anything else, but it's kind of like not. You it stands would call on its own feet. like, bury my heart at wounded knee, a Western or mm. whatever, a Western. But then the movie Wild Wild West is constantly, or even the TV show, the old TV show, Wild Wild West, is poking fun at the idea of a Western. Yeah. And it still stays within all those Western tropes and does all that stuff, but you wouldn't call it a classic Western because it knows what it's doing mm. and it knows that it's purposefully yeah. 
doing these things. Does that make sense? No, I get what you're saying. And then you have other ones that are strictly a parody of something like scary movies. Like Blazing Saddles, yeah. Or Blazing Saddles, yeah, Mm -hmm. where that's, and this doesn't, this stands on its own two feet, but is just self-aware. Yeah, it's the wild, wild west of. It's the wild, wild west of romantic romantic comedies. (laughs) God, we, that would be great on a DVD box. My mom has been watching Wagon Train every day because she's bored out of her mind. And Wagon Train's a way to buy fight It's on MeTV. God, my mom watches Wee TV too. <laughs> or Me TV, yeah. yeah. Me TV. It's one of those channels that's in between the channels. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like 4.2 or something. It is 4.2. <laughs> I catch my mom watching that and Judge Judy and Ooh, I don't know. Judge Judy's leaving. She fucking, my, oh, I don't think my mom knows what to do. Oh, she no. loves Judge Judy. I hear her cheering. Oh. Like she's watching a basketball <laughs> game. You tell him, Judy, she says. Oh. I know. That Judy's a national treasure. I have a... Uh, sure. 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 I guess. <laughs> I'm not big into those. All right, Sarah. Well, if someone wanted to look at our Instagram and see photos of you on Jeopardy or yes. something else fun like that, how would they find that? They'd go to romcomcom... D-O- no. Romcomcom.com on Instagram. Yeah. D-O-T, though. Is it D-O-T? I'll You're the Instagram to... person. I was Hell, literally I asking you questions Let about it last look. night because I don't know how to find it. Oh, yeah, it is DOT. Romcomcom DOT com on Instagram. Okay, so check that out. And Facebook, mm-hmm. you're still updating as well? Yes, so it's romcomcom.com on Facebook. And then if you want to email us, it's romcomcomdotcom at gmail.com. Or just check the website or whatever. Or which is romcomcom.com. regular old website, romcomcom.com. Cool beans. And then if you like the intro and outro song, check out This Is My Suitcase, Columbus's own. Uh, they actually just did a webcast, or Joe did a webcast for This Is My Suitcase during this uh, um, pandemic-y thing going on. pandemic so, thing. Yeah, everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> we're but yeah, all uh, alone together. Yes, but uh, so check them out. Uh, Keys to Cat Heaven, love, song, intro, outro, all of that. Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, you Anything seen? you want to say about the pandemic since this is an unprecedented time in American no, history? That my life has changed absolutely <laughs> zero and that's not to say that I'm being cavalier. Except, it's that I have been self-isolating for some time. Right, except... My dating life has ground to a halt. Yes, there's that. <laughs> My dating life that had been at a halt is grinding to it. But now, if you wanted to get back in the dating pool, it's a you terrible can't really time. really do that right now. Yeah. Not exactly. So I can blame it on things outside of myself. Yes. Wonderful. So that there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there anything you'd like to say, Sarah? Uh, it is a very strange and memorable time that we'll look back on and kind of be amazed that it happened and i hope it doesn't happen again anytime soon but you know i'm not doing too badly how weird how queer cool. <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right i'll write a cool about it next you should well <laughs> i had fun sarah me too bye
Can you hear that? Can I hear banana hammock? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Good.